This is the Busy People Podcast hosted by Nicole Hope and Victoria Albuquerque. Dropping knowledge on all things health, wellness, and lifestyle because you're never too busy to learn something new. excited about today's episode. We had the opportunity to chat with Kimmy Moss, who is an expert on breath and exposure. And um, it's kind of cool because Nicole found her from watching an episode of Vanderpump Rules. So now you know we love reality TV. Um, But yeah, she was doing an ice bath uh, exposure therapy for some of the people on that show. And we thought, how cool and we were lucky enough for her to want to um, join us for today's episode. So she talks about um, breath work and she talks about exposure therapy and all the benefits from that. The good thing about Kimmy is that she basically um, links these therapies to like transferring these skills into our lives. So she talks about how we can incorporate them into our daily lives and um all of the like larger benefits that they will provide for us. So if you are brand new and know, don't know what the hell we're talking about, or you've already have a, a breath work practice, or you go into an ice bath or a cryo machine or take a cold shower, um, this episode is full of information regardless where you are on your journey. So we hope you like it. And um, yeah. Listen in. Enjoy. Thank you so much for joining us. Obviously, we know that you're busy, we're busy, but we wanted to really make time for this topic because it's really interesting. And um, we've been hearing a lot about this, you know, breathing and exposure therapy. And actually, the reason we even saw you or knew who you were was because we saw you on Vanderpump. And oh my gosh, that makes me laugh. Okay. Yeah, it was that's good where, for something, I guess. That's where it started. And I said to Victoria, we need to get this topic on the podcast. And then I reached out to you and here we are. So I don't know if that's your claim to fame or not, but that's how I saw you. <laughs> that makes me chuckle because it's one of those things that I actually forgot about that. And full disclosure, I actually didn't know that show when they reached out. And so I'm grateful because I, I actually heard a lot of heard from a lot of friends back home, you know, on the East Coast. I'm, I'm on the East Coast again now in Virginia. Um, yeah. So I'm glad you found me. <laughs> yeah, me too. So if you want to just explain, obviously, introduce yourself a bit, what your title is now or, you know, and how like this whole breathing and exposure therapy became a passion of yours. Yeah. So gosh, there's so much to it. Um, I don't know how to explain myself. I'm just a very passionate, curious person who spent much of my life as a competitive athlete, as a two sport college athlete, soccer track, um, after college was like trying to find bigger, faster, stronger. And through kind of this ugly process of stumbling forward. It's like, at some point you, you got to find some, some grace and trying to run faster or be stronger. It's like, it's not going to happen. And so I found these practices, um, specifically, and it wasn't even called breath and exposure. And I have to laugh a little bit because it's like breath and exposure is a thing. Now I remember naming that when I was still in Venice and that was going to be the name of the program. And so it just makes me smile that yes, the whole goal was always to make it more mainstream and normal as normal as, you know, making breath work cool or getting in an ice bath, you know, as extreme as it is, it's just was really trying to put it in the landscape of normal fitness. That being said, the story kind of starts with, I came across XPT. Have you guys ever heard of XPT before? No. I'm not familiar. Okay. So, well, I love that I was on the West Coast for about four years and now I'm back. So it's like, okay, cool. Bring it back to the East Coast. But um, XPT stands for Extreme Performance Training. And this was um, something that I found out about because somehow 
online, you know how we find things. You found me on Vanderpump, so wonderful. Here we are. Fast forward, February 2018, I'm in Kauai. People are like, you're going to Kauai. Who are you going with? I'm like, by myself. (laughs) It's for this experience. I felt so compelled to go. And so Laird Hamilton, big wave surfer, his wife, Gabby Reese, who was a, a professional volleyball player, they founded this and essentially it was a three-day experience where we trained breathwork and we learned about breathwork and we did these pool workouts where if you're not in control of your breathing you can't move weights in a pool and we did an ice bath back and forth with the sauna and so all of a sudden it was like oh my gosh my whole life i've been striving trying to find something following this ambition and it was the first time in my life I felt like I had peace. I was fit to experience peace in the moment. And so that had a profound impact on my life. Fell in love with the Pacific Ocean at the, that time. Had the epiphany or whatever. Maybe it's just foolish thinking, you know, being naive of, hold on, I need to take this experience that was so profound for me. And I need to share it with people in a way where they can access it on a more regular basis. I had no blueprint. I had no clue. I just knew it was at that point in my life if I could have this radical experience being someone who, you know, was crushing it on the soccer field or running fast or lifting these weights. If I was that conscious and hopeful, you know, set on improving my fitness, then learning about basic breath work and how exposure to the ice and the sauna can profoundly impact your health. Like that needs to be part of the conversation too. And so I literally drove cross country in five days. This is the summer of 2018 and just kind of figured it out from there. And so um, all that being said, I hope this conversation can serve for other people, anyone who's curious about living a healthier life. And if they're listening to this podcast and they're looking for those bite-sized nuggets, you know, like we're busy people, let us know. I'm here to say, first of all, your breath is free unless you're underwater. Like you got access to it and how empowering that you have that tool in your back pocket. You don't have to go to a gym. Granted, doing it in a gym setting or why breath and exposure was created was so I could leverage that same team camaraderie and group environment to, it's kind of like, you know, if you don't feel like showing up for a workout, but you go to a CrossFit gym or yoga studio, you're like, if I just show up, I'll probably do this thing. And so I kind of took it upon myself to, hey, can I make, can I make that the case with breathing and ice and heat? And so it's kind of like a super long way of saying how it came into be. And um, happy to go into breath work or, or wherever you want to go from here, because the breath work is really the foundation. Really quickly, Vic, before you get into this like breath work thing, I've heard about these Laird Hamilton workouts and in his pool, because now he does it, doesn't he have his own pool in his like home in California where people do this now? Yes. So um, another part of the story, and I, I try to keep, private about certain things, but I live with them for nine months. It's like, follow your dream, do what you feel compelled to do. I was mentored by them. They graciously said, hey, we know you're out here. Stay with us as you're kind of figuring out, as I'm literally building a sauna at Deuce Gym with the owner. And, um, And so what they do is, it's five days a week, sometimes six days a week. They come and they do pool training. And this pool training, they're not swimming freestyle, you know, although maybe there's like part of the warm up. Uh, it's constantly varied. Laird is, I want to say he's like a trickster, like mischievous. Part of what I admire so much about him is his capacity to perform, ride these big waves, and yet there's an artistry to it. So essentially, what they're doing is you take weights. Think of a, a rack of dumbbells from five pounds all the way up to 100 pounds. And they do different exercises in the pool where sometimes it's in the shallow water, 
you know, and you're just swimming from one side to the other. So something it's called an ammo carry. You're holding a dumbbell, one dumbbell close to your chest and you're swimming with the other one. And then they're layering in limits on, you know, obviously you're swimming with this. You can't take a breath, but Hey, can you go down on one breath? Can you go down and back on one breath? Can you go down, back, down, back on one breath? Then there's jumps. There's like gorilla jumps where you've got two dumbbells and you're jumping up and you're breathing all that being said. So that's, part of the show, part of the training. Uh, and he did this, you know, where it was born out of was he wanted to train for the ocean, the unpredictability of the ocean. You might be taken down by a wave and you don't know when you're going to get up. So if you can train with weights that are pulling you to the bottom and you got to push off or you got to get comfortable with getting by with less air, pays to train that. Um, and they also have, he literally has two ice machines and, uh, and there's, well, I've seen four saunas at the house before they get some new ones, but there's two really big barrel saunas that they keep at about, you know, 220 degrees. So it's incredible, you know? Um, and the one thing I want to bring in with with the water environment there, which I wanted to make sure that I touched upon for anybody who's like, okay, well, I want to practice breath work and we're going to get into, you know, take home accessible protocol. But what's unique and super helpful about the pool environment and training for breath work is that the environment itself really encourages compliance. You know, it's like if you're holding two 45 pound weights and you're sinking to the bottom and you got to push off the ground if you want to get an X breath as you're doing jumps, breathing isn't an option underwater or it is. That's that's not going to end well. You know, um, I love how Gabby always says, hey, you know, worst case, you can always set the weights down, come up for air. There's your metaphor for set down the baggage. Do you need to carry it? You know, so there's so much transferable skill, but what's great about the water and it is extreme. And so people need to be safe and, you know, smart about where they do it and make sure that you're with someone who's trained in that. You know, I wouldn't say just go jump in your pool now with, with dumbbells, but even practicing breath holds underwater, you're going to go somewhere that you wouldn't if we were just right here because you are underwater. Um, so very unique environment there. Okay. So let's dive into the background on both breath work and exposure. Um, if we start with breath work, I think that makes a, the most sense. Um, yeah, let's start just as basic as it can get. I mean, how is breath work different from just normal breathing? Yeah, I love that question. So here's the short and sweet breath work is intentional practice of breathing. You know, it's kind of like nobody wants to do homework, but if you do your homework and you do enough, you know, practices or worksheets at school, hopefully with some awareness, you're getting better. I realize, and I want to preface this with, it's like, hey, I'm a human being. I breathe every day. Um, who are you to tell me how to breathe? It's, it's kind of silly. And I remember walking into it it felt, who am I to tell you this? Because I found there was this spectrum of people in the yoga space or a very scientific space. And just so you know, my goal with the breath and exposure program was always like, hey, if we could meet somewhere in the middle, if like LA and New York crossed and we're like, yo, keep it real, what do I need to know? What you need to know on a very foundational level, as we kind of talked about the performance, the more competitive side of breathing or, or a more intense practice of it in a pool setting. At the most fundamental level, people need to realize that your breath is a remote control to regulating your nervous system. Your nervous system in terms of, it's the worst terms ever, but there's the sympathetic and the parasympathetic. So are we in fight or flight? Are we in rest and digest? generalizing for the most part here are these two camps but if you can understand that breathing in specific ways can help you feel more alert and more calm and again you're a health forward individual you're interested in being fitter 
guess what? I think the most important fitness is controlling your nervous system. You can deadlift 500 pounds, but you're having a meltdown on the highway and in traffic. What's that about? Or you got a young one. I have a one-year-old puppy, okay? And I find myself breathing when she's just being a puppy, right? But it's this fitness for life that lends itself to everything else. And so on a basic state regulation level, here's the deal. Breathing in through your nose versus your mouth. Now, that doesn't mean, you know, never breathe through your mouth. We're having a conversation here. Please, I hope you breathe through your mouth. Or you're eating, breathe through your mouth. You're doing intense, intense exercise. Breathe through your mouth, okay? Nobody was ever like, I ran the fastest mile, nose breathing only. Like, this is more for sensation anyway, and we'll get into that. But if you breathe through your nose, simply doing that versus through your mouth, it increases parasympathetic tone which shifts you into that rest and digest. So if you're someone that came charging into this world with an energy that you just felt a little like, oof, that's too much, okay? Or if, um, now I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna make a hippie spiritual jab here on the, on the West Coast, but needless to say, if you can just breathe through your nose, you can slow your heart rate down, you can compose yourself. What I was gonna say is something about, you know, I'm a Pisces. I'll just say it. If you're if you're into zodiac signs or or labeling your personality in such a way, which is just like oh, I'm just emotional. I just get upset. I'm sorry, but I'm calling everybody out there. You just haven't learned to leverage your breath to calm yourself down, you know. And so you've probably heard before, like the Viktor Frankl having between stimulus and response, having a little bit of space. Guess what? Your breath, remote control there. So you want to be more calm? Breathe through your nose. Extend your exhales. What does that look like? One to two is a great place to start. So if you breathe in for like a two count, and it doesn't have to be like perfect to the cadence, whatever two is for you, and your exhale can be twice as long, after a couple breaths, you will feel a little more calm. Now, you're not going to feel like somebody just hit me with a horse tranquilizer, but you will have this, oh, oh, interesting. You know, and we can try right here. So let's take two breaths together and you're going to breathe in for three through your nose and then you're going to breathe out for six. And I'll count you through the first one and then I'll do the second two with you. So go ahead and sit up straight. Not that you weren't already, okay, but you get more airflow when you're when you're less hunched over. So in for three, one, two, three. You can go out your mouth for six. One, two, three, four, five, six. And for anybody listening, join in now. So again, in for three. Out for six and hiss out this time. We're going to go one more time. Really think about relaxing your shoulders on that hiss. So breathe in. Hiss out. Great. So again, I didn't just like give you some drug, but you might feel, you know, one click down. On the other side of that, if you want to feel more awake, you wake up first thing in the morning, you're like, I'm not ready. Or you have a presentation and you just don't want to show up. Forcing or um, emphasizing the inhale more than the exhale and more forceful breathing will move you in the other direction, more sympathetic state. So just right now, if you were to take three forceful breaths and I'll go in my nose, out my mouth. It's like, oh, all that from oxygen. You know, I don't know what that sounded like in the audio, but I would encourage both of you to just right now together, take three breaths as short and forceful as you can in through your nose and then out your mouth. So go ahead in. Out. Yep. Keep going. Great. 
Now, if you were to keep doing that, have you guys heard of Wim Hof? So um, he kind of popularized a style of breathing. Well, and also just like hiking in your underwear in cold places and, and the ice baths. But um, interesting, eclectic guy who really made super ventilation popular. And so what does that look like? In that type of breathing that you were just doing, that forceful breathing in and out. And don't really need to like differentiate between nose or mouth for any of that. Again, the emphasis is on, am I taking a very forceful breath? If you were to do that for about 30 seconds, all of a sudden you're gonna start to feel a little lightheaded. You're like, what is happening? This is all off of air? Yes, okay, you can alter your state with air. And so what happens is we've got to understand there's this balance of oxygen and carbon dioxide in your system. This is the most scientific I'll give for this entire podcast. But if anyone's ever hyperventilated, you might have witnessed someone who's actually breathing quite a lot, but they're saying, I can't breathe. So they're, I can't, I can't. You're like, actually, you're breathing a lot. How, how can you not breathe? What's going on there? So it's important to know that we need to build up a certain amount of carbon dioxide for our body to actually utilize the oxygen in our system into all of our tissues. And so someone who's breathing very quickly you're getting a lot of oxygen in your system, but you're dumping a lot of carbon dioxide. So it's like you have you have all this oxygen, as, as Wim Hof says, you're super oxygenated, but your body's not really absorbing it. And what that actually does is it suppresses your desire to breathe. And so, again, if you're familiar with Wim Hof, or even if you're not that type of breathing, a lot of superventilation can help you hold your breath for a significantly longer period of time than if we were just cold here, say, hey, hold your breath as long as you can. Now, I do wanna throw in there a quick tangent. If you're like, amazing, let's go back to the pool. I wanna hold my breath for three minutes underwater and maybe your max breath hold is 30 seconds just on land without breathing. <laughs> Horrible idea, don't do that. Superventilation is not something that you want to do ever by water because since it suppresses your desire to breathe, your hunger to breathe, you will likely go beyond what your body would naturally you know, need or when it would signal to actually take a breath and it leads to you know, shallow water blackouts. Now, didn't mean to run a tangent there, but just kind of like a safety, a protocol thing. Kids, this isn't a party trick to like take to your neighborhood uh, swimming pool. It is an invitation to play around with breath in the simplest terms here. Do I wanna feel more awake or do I wanna feel more calm? And if I wanna feel more calm, golden ticket is breathing in and out your nose and or extending your exhales. If you wanna be more awake, focus on a more forceful inhale, but don't go overboard. I call those Superman breaths. Um, it's kind of wild, like I, sorry to interrupt, I, I just, I've never thought about breath work to become awake. I mean, I, now that we're saying it out loud, it sounds so simple and like, of course, but for me, like I resonate with calming down. I'm super reactive person. So I'll use breath work to like, take a step back, not react. Um, so yeah. And I never even thought about it the other way. So, I mean, I guess I'm curious to know, I mean, are there different areas of people's lives that can help like breath work would help with, um, you know, in addition to kind of what you've mentioned so far. Totally. And I love that you, I love that you brought that up. I love that you're, I'm projecting here, but another hot blooded individual who's like, whoa, I run hot. You got to cool me down. Yeah. Yeah. It really comes the essence of this. And I know it's not like a one size fits all answer, but it's very much like know thyself. Right. 
And so I think what's useful to know about these states, sympathetic, fight or flight, parasympathetic, is that it's not just running away from some animal. It could be your kids are pissing you off. Okay. It could be you're on Instagram and you're agitated by something or when you're feeling, you know, like you're tired and you want to be more awake, we may think that's just like waking up first thing in the morning or whatever that may be. It could also be when you find yourself procrastinating for something. I don't feel like doing that. I don't want to take the trash out. Can you take five Superman breaths? Bet you feel a little bit different or can you leverage your physiology just a little bit? And so what I'm, what I mean to say here is that these are it's a seesaw. And uh, I think the best way to explain it is knowing that there's a time and place for everyone to shift in either direction. And it's our responsibility to look at it from a more holistic perspective in terms of like, am I finding the balance? Am I, am I trying to use breath work in a way to bring me into the state that I want to be more into? Like, I always like to say you're one intentional breath away of being closer to where you want to be. And so here's the thing. It's helpful to know. It's helpful to think of the sympathetic and the parasympathetic as there's this gravel road analogy. Are you guys familiar with um, Andrew Huberman, yeah. doctor of neuroscience out of Stanford? Um, needless to say, he gives this gravel road analogy. Imagine you're driving down a gravel road. Now, I know that's hard. We're in 2022. You're like, where is that farm country in Kansas? I don't know. But sometimes... Sometimes it feels better and that better is subjective to take your foot off the gas, slow down. All of a sudden it's less dusty, it's less bumpy, it's less loud. Okay, that's equivalent with like, hey, can you downregulate? You're lengthening your breath or you're doing whatever. Other times you're going to feel better being on that bumpy road, whatever. And you just want to find better. And again, it's subjective. You're going to feel better putting your foot on the gas driving faster now it's like you know and the dust is coming in but you've you've shifted your perception your experience you feel more in control whatever that may be so i think it's it's knowing that people need to practice both and that the very unsexy thing which is like you've got to practice pivoting in either direction um without the weights without the pool without being at the gym just you know and it could be a couple minutes a day, but it starts with that awareness. Do I feel a certain way and I'd like to feel otherwise? Yeah. Okay. Is there a way I can breathe to just slightly redirect? Now I'm just giving a, a basic template here. Right. And how does that lead into exposure therapy? Love it. Love it. So here's the deal. The ice bath. Oh my gosh. Have you guys ever done an ice bath? No, we want because I need to get to New Jersey and deliver one for you. I I got a hundred gallon tub. I'm coming out of this sabbatical here, about to deliver more to the East Coast. So we'll have to make that happen. Yes. But here's the deal: we're visual creatures, right? Most of us look at, oh my gosh, they're in the ice bath. That's amazing. Or oh, I guess they took the photo at the right time. Exposure, and when I'm speaking of exposure here, I mean it in terms of thermal exposure. So very cold, very hot. Ice bath, sauna, great. Could also be a cold shower. Cold is relative. Hot is relative. This could be the summer and the AC goes out in your car. Mm. The exposure provides a unique environment for you to test how you regulate your system. Now, that's not to say that there aren't a host of benefits from going into cold water and going into the heat. There are, we can get into those. But on, again, this very fundamental level, without the toolkit of knowing that you can use your breath to make yourself feel more calm when you get into a stressful environment, we can only go so far in the ice, right? You could get into the ice and muscle it. <gasps> it's horrible. Oh my God, I'm never doing this again. Is the time, it's not about the time. It's about, can you get into the ice, take ownership of, yes, I'm a human being, and I have inside my DNA an automatic 
defense mechanism that's going to turn on as soon as I hit that cold water and go, get out of here. It's not safe. And you have to override that knowing I'm not going to get hypothermia sitting in a bucket of cold water for a few minutes. In fact, I'm going to get a host of benefits from this. I'm going to get a big hit of dopamine, norepinephrine. This is going to boost my circulation. Your, your pupils will literally dilate. You will get out and just be, whoa, I'm so happy. And, you know, again, I, I know it sounds silly talking about parasympathetic, sympathetic. It's literally called cold shock proteins when you go into cold water and heat shock proteins when you go in the sauna, which essentially mean you're turning on uh, systems in your body, let's just keep it really simple language here, that you wouldn't otherwise have access to, wouldn't fire unless you had that exposure. Something called autophagy, you know, it's kind of like the cell regeneration, getting rid of old cells. This also kind of happens when you um, do intermittent, not necessarily intermittent, but just any kind of fasting for a prolonged period of time, certain things turn on in the body. You know, with enough cold exposure, you can shift the composition of your cells. So like, you know, your fat cells can shift to more brown fat. They have more mitochondria in them. We're getting too scientific here, but I mean to say, knowing that to override that shock that you're going to experience the first time in the ice, unless you're a sociopath, which we have some of those, but not many then you've got to know and you've got to have practice in a less stressful environment using breathing in through your nose, lengthening your exhale. And one thing that he didn't throw in as well, but again, I'm just throwing everything at you, which is you can manipulate the length of time that you hold your breath to elicit a more alert or calm state. If we can dive into the difference between cold and hot, their uh, exposure and maybe, you know, how that affects the mind and the body. Is it different? Does it do the same thing? Great question. So again, you're not going to like this answer, but they offer very similar benefits, but just like um, the state we're looking to elicit more alert or more calm, you'd want to go more for the ice to be more alert and more to the sauna to be more calm. Now, that doesn't mean I haven't done something called Desert Storm with Laird at his home in Malibu, which is going into a sauna on an assault bike with oven mitts because it's so hot, you're going to burn yourself. Going on an assault bike in there, closest to death I've ever come, but it just tells you a little bit more about me. I was like game to go until he said, you need to get out right now. Your face is white. Point being, okay, that was a Terrible thing to bring up, but also kind of funny. Um, the ice is more activating. I fully understand how the last thing most people want to do first thing in the morning is get into an ice bath or get into a cold shower. But guess what? That's one of the best times during the day that you could possibly do that because pumps out cortisol it's going to wake you up. You're leveraging that stress. Okay. Like I said before, releases dopamine, norepinephrine. It can just skyrocket these things in your, in your system. You thought a couple likes on Instagram was good for dopamine. Let me tell you an ice bath. Okay. And what you can do is you can really leverage that to enhance your focus and your mental functioning into whatever task you need anecdotally as well and you know tangent but not one of the reasons i came back from california came back to the east coast i want to go back to school and i want to study these things in an academic setting to really give more scholarly research so that we we know things and already there there is a lot out there but we need more um getting in the cold boosts your mood straight up you thought coffee was great, get into ice. It can turn everything around. And if we think about it, it's it's more than just this cold exposure, but it's also the way that it really helps you narrow your focus. If you're in a situation where it's cold and it's really hard, 
you're going to bring all your focus right there and block everything else out. It's 2022. We live in a very digital world. Where else can you go where you don't have all those distractions and you're just right there with your breath? Now, you don't want to use it as a crutch of needing to get into ice to find your nirvana. And it's like, I've guinea pigged myself. I know what that's like, but we can use it as a tool. When it comes to the sauna, there are some incredible longitudinal studies out there. If you're familiar with, or if you haven't heard of her, Dr. Rhonda Patrick found my fitness. Um, she's another just great scientist who's also in the public health space, has an Instagram account, has YouTube. You know, she has a lot of great research that she distills in a very simple way. And when it comes to the sauna, you know, Again, I hate saying it because it sounds so elementary, but there are heat shock proteins. You know, society, we have most of us thermostats. There's air conditioning. There's heat. We don't really have to deviate very far. And what's almost like ridiculous that this used to happen, whatever, hundreds, thousands of years ago, where we, we had to figure it out. Now it's like we have to seek out these uncomfortable environments. And so a lot of people look at the, the sauna as like, oh my God, it's a spa. Great. I'm going to clear up my skin. Oh, there's so much more to it, physical and mental. So there's a 20 year, about a 20 year longitudinal study um, that's so compelling in terms of sauna's impact on cognitive function that the risk of all-cause mortality, dementia, Alzheimer's, all these things, was dose-dependent. So there was a group of middle-aged men who went in two times a week for 15 minutes. Then there was a group that went in four times a week or more for that same amount of time. And the percentage went from 33% less likely than somebody who wasn't doing that to die of all-cause mortality, you know, more susceptible to Alzheimer's, dementia, et cetera, that jumped to 66%. We're talking an hour of time in the sauna a week. And so what's so cool about the sauna is, you know, it's less intense just the way we're, we're wired with cold water and heat. It's, it's less intense on the body stepping into that, the sauna versus the ice, but it also offers just so many physical circulation boosting, mood boosting benefits. And so I realize not everybody has access to that. This is a good part to get into like, because you just said not everyone has access to a sauna. So let's get into how people who don't have access to a cold tub or a sauna um, can bring these all of these techniques into their life so why don't we start with breath work since we started there so kind of like talking about how to incorporate this into our daily lives so we obviously just with you we practiced like the slowing down our breath and then kind of like doing that speeding up our breath right so calming and giving us energy but do you recommend um beyond that like getting into a breathwork routine. Like you mentioned Wim Hof. I know he, you can go online. He has a breathwork routine. You can subscribe to it. He has YouTube videos and like, you know, his whole process. I think it's like, I don't, I forget how long it is, like a week or two that he gets you into that. But like, should we start there? Should we start just with like being mindful of our breath? Like where do people start who never even thought about this before? It's not the, again, I feel like this is where it's not the sexy way, right? But awareness is the first thing. Now, I can give you a couple um, protocols of breath that I'm basically giving you parameters to focus on, but you're training the breath. And what you're trying to do if, as you're practicing breath, not just is be aware of your state, but also, you know, physiologically, you're improving your CO2 tolerance, which means that you need to breathe less. And imagine your body, if your body was the vehicle and oxygen was the gasoline, you want to be, you know, fuel efficient. You want to be a little Prius. Think of the Prius in a cool way, not like a, oh, it's a Prius, you know. <laughs> you don't want to be the, the diesel truck that only gets like 10 miles a gallon. You want to, we actually want to breathe less. 
And so um, what I really love to recommend to people is triangle breathing and box breathing, okay? And so triangle breathing is you're going to basically divide your breath into three points, an inhale, a breath hold, and an exhale. And so the triangle is, you know, we're not going back to geometry here. They're all equivalent sides. So that would be like breathe in for three, hold for three, breathe out for three. Now, again, most basic level, do it through your nose. For anyone who's like, oh my God, it's hard, or I have a deviated septum. I get it, but guess what? The more you practice, the better it gets. And so even if it's setting a timer five minutes a day, you can start at a place where you can manage and maintain for that five minutes. That's very important. Now I could say, hey, Nicole, you're gonna do triangle breathing for tens and you make it through one cycle, breathe in for 10 and, and maybe at six, you're like, I can't take in any more air. That would be too much too soon. You can build up over time. There's also box breathing. So once you've gotten comfortable with, okay, I can breathe in, hold, exhale, keep that going. You can go to box breathing where now we're layering in another breath hold. So now it's breathe in for three, hold for three, breathe out for three, hold for three. Boom. Play around with that. What I also like, and I think this is just, again, like lowest hanging fruit. What can people take away from here? They're like, I forgot what shape you just told me, whatever. Okay. Manipulate your exhales. So here's the deal. If someone's not used to breathing through their nose, you know, it, it takes a while to get used to using this thing. And you will build just like if you were to lift with a barbell, you wouldn't put on all the weight at first. You'd start with just the barbell. So just starting with a couple breaths with your nose. But people can to practice that kind of down regulation a little bit more. Rather than breathing in through your nose and out your nose to lengthen your exhale, you can breathe out through your mouth, but do it in a fashion where you're actually closing off part of your throat. So I'm no yogi, but there's something called ujjayi, ocean breath. So it sounds kind of like Darth Vader and hopefully this kind of like comes through the computer, but versus just out my nose like that, okay? And so what people can do is breathe in, let's say you breathe in for three through your nose, you're gonna breathe out for six like you're fogging up a mirror. So it would sound like this. Just imagine you're like, fogging up a mirror and you're a little kid and you're on the school bus and you're going to draw a smiley face. Okay. Or imagine you're Darth Vader. You can also, like we did earlier, you can hiss out your exhale. It's like a balloon, right? There's an in-between, there's a finesse we got to realize with this valve. If you just, um, so practicing this breath force, I mean, is relevant. If you just let the balloon open and you fill it up, it's like, right? But if you just let out a little at a time, then we're more successful getting that extended exhale. I hope that makes sense. That does make sense. Um, and so if we're just starting out, is it like just throughout the day, you're like, ooh, you know what? I remember that Kimmy told us about doing those breaths. I should try that right now, right? Like, so... You could just kind of do it throughout the day when you're feeling compelled, wake up in the morning, do it and do it right before bed to start like twice a day and just go from there. Is that like, let's start there. Totally. You can also, you know, and when it comes to breath holds, there's no better way to draw your attention on breathing than literally just hold your breath. You're going to think about air and breathing real quick. And sometimes, you know, before you go to bed, your mind's still racing don't hold your breath as long as you possibly can, but stop counting sheep. Just hold your breath for like three seconds. All of a sudden, everything gets really quiet. Exhale, breathe in again. Take two breaths if you need to, but maybe do five to 10 short breath holds. On the other side of that, if you need to wake up, it's 3 p.m. Not going for the coffee this time. Hold your breath as long as you can. You don't even have to pay for the coffee, but... Um, I would recommend that. I would say start simple. And then I like to progress it. And I, 
made an online course for this. There's kind of scales to all of these things. How would we make it more difficult? You know, or somebody's like, I got breathing in through my nose. I got box breathing. Okay, champ, go for a walk, listening to a podcast or music, only breathe through your nose. That's easy. Okay, go for a jog. You'll have to go slower. There's no need to go back to your gym now and be like, sorry, guys, I'm only breathing through my nose. If you want to go intense, use that mouth. But all the um, lower intensity times throughout the day, including just when you're working, you're walking throughout the grocery store, if you can breathe through your nose, you will benefit from that big time. So breathing through your nose also for people who may not know, breathing through your nose is also really good for your oral health. So, right, because that's like big for the mouth. Totally. There's a book um, called Breathe by James Nestor. And this came out maybe two years ago, I want to say. And I was doing the seminar for breath and exposure already. And everyone's coming up like, have you read Breathe? I learned all this. I'm like, just come to my seminar. Talk about all those things. But here's the thing, especially if you have kids, breathing through their, their nose is so important because it actually impacts their teeth and their palate. You don't want to get braces? Good. Keep your mouth closed. And you don't have to distract mommy. I'm kidding. Halfway. So yes, for dental health and, and just, I mean, there's so much more people could read there. Now, I didn't bring up um, if people don't have access to an ice bath or if they don't have access to a sauna. Totally cool. Start with a shower. Now, here's the deal. I realize there's this like, but it's not comfortable. I don't want to do a cold shower. Why should I do a cold shower? You don't have to do anything you don't want to. But if you're game and you want to pack into something here that, again, is free, other than you're not going to have a long water bill with, with ice baths. It, I like to, or with cold showers, I mean, I like to liken it to training, you can't walk into the gym and lift the lightest weight for like three reps and you're like, okay, I'm done. No, we got to work at that subjective threshold. And so with the cold shower, it might start where someone takes their usual lovely warm shower and then they finish with 30 seconds of cold. They're like, all right, I can get in the shower if I start with the warm stuff. Also, I know with like, women, right? We're shaving our legs. I hate taking a cold shower when I just shave my legs. I feel like it's all growing back. Now I know that that's goosebumps, but I know some people will relate to that. But here's the thing. It's better than a cup of coffee first thing in the morning. And if even it's just 30 seconds, you will feel the difference. And then over time, you can add to that. Now, here's the thing. There's a significant difference between a cold shower and an ice bath because you're fully submerged in the ice bath. And so, I mean, that cold water pulls heat off your body real quick. And it's not the same, you know, when you're standing in a shower and you can also say, oh, I turned it cold for 30 seconds. Meanwhile, you're just like letting it hit your arms. Like, nice try. You got to get in there, get it on your face. You have so many nerve endings. Turn your back under your armpits, you're, you know, there's no shying away from it. But I think it's an invitation for people to just explore for their own and feel empowered that you don't have to prove this to anyone else. You just have to see if you can maybe go a little bit further the next day or even listen to that voice that says, I don't want to do it or I can't do it and prove it wrong. It's 30 seconds of your life. It's one minute of your life to feel better. It's worth it. With being hot, I'm not asking people in East Coast humidity summer where it's like you're just in a swamp of humidity to put on all these sweatshirts or like a parka and ski pants and like, hey, you want to mimic benefit, you know, a sauna here without a sauna? Put on a lot of clothes, go for a jog. Okay. And so what I want to bring up more with the heat is just can you take a hot bath before bed. Even if your full body can't get in, can you sit in for 20 minutes? That's doing something. 
Um, and I mean, really, if it comes back to this awareness piece with the breath, one of the best things I ever heard at an XPT experience uh, was from, his name's Andy Galpin. He's at a Cal State Fullerton, something in sports science, very smart guy. He goes, don't be so precious, which was like, oh God, there's a difference. And I think this is maybe the crux of this transferable skill for all these things. There's a difference between optimizing, striving to optimize and keeping the goal to adapt. We want to optimize. We let me eat these certain things, sleep in this way, put a chili pad on my bed, get the best social connection. Okay, whatever. That's not life every day. And so we are wired to be adaptable. Don't have coffee one day. Don't be so precious. Okay, I'm going to get through the day. It's no big deal. Didn't get a great night of sleep. Don't be so precious. Let me let my body figure it out in the same way. I want to encourage people to the next time you're super hot and you just want to crank your AC in the car, like maybe, maybe sit in there and be hot for a little bit. I'm not asking you to like sit in a hot car and hurt yourself, but invite the idea. Could I, could I adapt in some way right now? Could I be open to this challenge at least in a, you know, in a micro size dosage? All right. So I have two questions before Victoria will wrap this up. One, the, if I'm in a hot shower and I am about to turn that cold water on. What breathing should I do? Good question. So again, it depends on what works for you. Because for some people, it will be easier to, okay, let me switch right into, I'm just going to do nasal breathing. Hmm, I really don't like this. Did you know hissing or humming your exhale also increases parasympathetic tone. So just like I said, breathing through your nose helps you feel more calm. And it's kind of primal. It kind of makes sense, right? I've never had a kid, but you know, someone's giving birth and they're moaning. It's like, there's a reason for that, you know, or you see an animal shake after they get scared or they get scolded. There's a reason for that. So you can hiss your exhale. Okay. You can hum your exhale. Mm, the rest of the family is like, what the hell is going on in the bathroom? Okay. But that will actually help lean into it. Um, for some people, it's helpful to just hold your breath for 10 seconds. In your head, you're thinking, oh, I really don't like this. And then when you exhale, really try to relax your shoulders and just accept it. I'll never forget when Gabby Reese told me I'm in an ice bath for one of the first times this is in Hawaii. And she goes... And it's like, I'm like pissed thinking about it, but it's so true. It's like, it's cold. Notice it. Don't react to it. You know? And so again, easier said than done, but bring in those mental tools as well, which is, can I notice how cold it is and, and know that I'm going to be okay and, and actually not react to it? Cause that's empowering. But I would definitely say if you can breathe through your nose, great. Going into a hiss or a hum exhale, it's probably a go-to. And even one more would be, can I hold my breath slightly in between my inhale and my exhale? Okay, perfect. My second question, and then Victoria can just ask you like a couple of wrap-up um, points, but is doing going into a cryotherapy chamber the same benefits as going into an ice bath? No. Now, it is a cold exposure. And if that's all you have access to, wonderful, use it. I won't say, that's the first time I've shared that before I say what Laird says about cryotherapy, which is, oh, that's a kiddie pool. Here's the thing you got to understand. Being in um, cold water, whether that's like a cold lake or an ice bath, whatever, the hydrostatic pressure of the water, it just penetrates into lowering your core body temperature so much more significantly than when air is circulating around. So someone may try to kind of peacock and flex on you. It was negative 250 degrees Fahrenheit and I wore, great, it's, it's not the same. But again, if that's all you have access to, wonderful. I don't wanna shame somebody for doing that. 
I would encourage someone, if you're going to spend the money to do cryotherapy, might I suggest buy some ice and do an at-home ice bath. Because here's the deal. Unless you're in this deep sunken jacuzzi ice bath, if you're just in a standard bath, you're not even going to be able to fit your whole body in. And for a lot of people, most benefit is neck down and you're going to dunk your head before and after. We don't need to get into the science of that, but if it's just legs and down and that's where you start, belly button and down, wonderful. You will get more out of that than you would likely than the cryo. The other thing is cold is cold. And so don't worry about what it looks like. If you put in 40 pounds of ice into your tub, which sounds like a lot, but it's like for a hundred, hundred gallon tank, typically it's about 150, 160 pounds of ice in that tank to make a, make a nice ice bath, you know, like a standard about upper thirties, maybe low forties, which is what you really want to get the maximum benefit. This term called hormesis, minimal dosage, max benefit. I don't know anybody that would rather stand in 60 degree water for an hour or just grind it out or, or not grind it out, but do three minutes, very cold. So my point is, as you build up to that, again, think of the barbell. You didn't start with all the weight. You just started with the barbell and add a little bit, add a little bit. Whatever is cold initially, start with that. And that's totally okay. And I want to empower people listening to this to really use breath work and even exposure work as just this like ripe opportunity to practice working in like for yourself versus working out and having to show it. I know there's an aesthetic to the ice. I'm not here to like kick back against that. It is part of the experience. And if that gets people to get in the ice, knowing that they can take a photo and share this with other people, amazing. But we're just dipping our toes into what this could really be, which is you're learning how to regulate your state. And if you can do that for you, the rest of your life gets way more manageable and everything becomes adaptable. And it take, it's a practice like anything else. You don't just check the box one day. I've gone in ice baths every single day for months and it's always cold. It's always cold. You can get cold adapted, but the point isn't to show certain numbers to other people, you know? And so that's why I always would say with breath and exposure, it's not for time. It's not for weight. Like this is really for sensation. And if you're someone who is always kind of seeking this external validation or your means to being healthier is to show it, I got news for you. That's only going to go so far. Kimmy, it, it, it's funny that you mentioned that cold is cold. I was actually going to ask you, now that you've been doing this for years, does it get easier or is it the same feeling every time you go into an ice bath? Well, the first thing I'm thinking is it's like riding a bike because, you know, <laughs> I, I can take time away because it's the more you do it, the mental aspect of accepting what you your body doesn't like gets a lot easier and more manageable. And so you're really reducing the time between what initially your body was saying, get out, you cannot do this, is like, oh, game on, you know, and you can really gamify it like that. Um, but it is important to switch it up. And so another thing that might be useful for people to know about cold water immersion is, you know, initially when you start, stay as still as you can as still as you can. Because when you start to move around and the water's circulating, it's way harder. You know, you ever go into a cold ocean, way worse than if it was the same temperature and you were just sitting there. But if you've been sitting there, sitting there, you turn into a stoic, you're closing your eyes, sleeping in the ice, maybe start to shake it up, you know? Maybe start to move around, maybe start to play around with some dunks. I used to do 
some crazy stuff, you know, assault bike to the um, ice and back and the subsequent dunks were just another kind of gnarly. So that's important as well, because in this landscape, in this practice, there, there isn't an end game, you know, the th a three minute ice bath every single day of the rest of your life isn't, isn't necessarily moving the needle. It's a tool to afford you benefits of cold exposure or if it's the sauna heat exposure. But when you really look at it from like a holistic practice perspective, it's, am I using this to grow? And, and some days you don't have the bandwidth for it. You know, it's like, can I just do the thing? But I think that awareness is really important. Yeah. I do think that it's important to remind ourselves that it's okay if one day it's easier than the next. Right. So um, I'm glad you mentioned that. Um, well, I just want to thank you from both of us. We're super appreciative and grateful for your time today and giving us so much great information um, about breath work and about exposure. Before you leave, though, um, is there anything that you can leave our listeners with that you think would encourage them to try using these therapies? I think it comes down to curiosity. So I think for anybody who's listening to this and they're like, hmm, she sounds crazy, you know, or like, I don't believe that, whether it's out of doubt or whether it's out of excitement, I would really encourage people to think of it this way. If you're curious, like that's the only prerequisite you need to do these practices, because from there, it's just being willing to show up and try and um, I think why I got so passionate about them and, and left everything to get towards them is that I think what they're able to offer in terms of health and wellness and just ownership of your body and acceptance of your body and who you are is like we're training the bulk of the iceberg here with these practices versus maybe just the tip of the iceberg with some other health and wellness practices. And so when you keep it in mind this way, which is like when people say, Hey, I want to be healthier, usually exercise or movement comes into the conversation in some way. Nutrition comes into the conversation, sleep, you'd hydrate. It's like, guess what? You breathe like 20 something thousand times a day. So it kind of makes sense improving some of those reps might drastically improve the rest of your life. And what do you have to lose? It's free. Um, but I can also send you guys some resources where, you know, if people just want to follow some basic breathwork scripts. Um, and then if they want to go deeper from there, options for that as well. Yeah, because I think having structure is really helpful to start. Okay, so one thing that we like to ask all of our guests is um, if you could maybe leave us with, um, and our listeners with a mantra that helps keep you motivated every day. I have so many, I love words. Um, mm. <laughs> oh gosh. Well, I have two, because you know me well enough by now that it's like, she talks a lot. I'm just an excited person. I think, um, you know, when it comes to breath, you're always one breath away. You're always one intentional breath away from a better state. And that better is, of course, subjective, but that's empowering. Another thing I, I think is important to share is, is this um, permission to speak from this voice now and replace speak with act. You know, we're always maybe looking for, is it okay if I do that? Should I try that? I'm not an expert at that. What if you just gave yourself permission to go from there? You know, the ice bath is very much the metaphor for the rest of life. It's uncomfortable at first, but if you're just willing to step in, game changer. Yes, love that. All right, that'll be great for us to have two. So we appreciate that. Um, Tell us how people can reach you if they'd like to learn more or follow your journey. Yeah. Um, well, if I had it my way, I wouldn't be on the internet, but, but I am, I, I have an Instagram. Um, 
I share a lot of poetry too. I swear, breath and exposure, the transcendence of that is expression. You know, what do we do with these experiences, not just for myself, but other people. So people can find me on Instagram. It's at my name. There's just a period between Kimmy and Moss. Um, I also will be starting something soon. And, but basically everything will go through that. I have some online breathwork courses. I'm always happy to connect with people. And um, yeah, sharing this is is really important to me. So people should feel free to reach out. Thank you so much, Kimmy. I um, can say that I've read a lot about exposure therapy, but every time I get in the shower, I never want to turn that on cold. So I'm hoping that... <laughs> I'm going to do it today. I'm doing it. But um, I would love to get into a nice bath, though, for real. So I'm hoping we can make that happen. Um, yes. Yes. Yeah. We will. We will. Yeah. I'm excited and like the for breathing, this. I mean, it's something that we can just do right away. So I think this was a really, really important um, episode of our podcast. And I hope that a lot of people take the steps to make these small changes, which obviously can make a big impact. So thank you so much for sharing your time with us and we will definitely stay connected with you. And I'm excited to get into this ice bath. So thank you so much for having me. It's always weird and so wonderful to connect with people just across the world, you know, and um, we'll definitely stay in touch, but I hope I can um, share with you guys in person so you can feel it. And uh, we're ready. Yeah. We'll be in touch with you. Thank you again. And um, yeah, we'll talk soon. Thank you so much. Bye. Thanks, Kimmy. Have a great day. You too. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Busy People Podcast. You can find highlights from today's episode in the show notes. Please support us by sharing this episode, leaving a rating or review, and subscribing to the show. And to catch all the latest from us, make sure to follow us on Instagram at Busy People Podcast. Join us next time for another enlightening conversation because you're never too busy to learn something new.